Well, I got a little story to tell you today. I've got, I got a, uh, I have a scripture. I have a couple scriptures and I have a theme. The importance of anointing. Did that sound spiritual? The importance of anointing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Gabriel, did you do that? Well, Emily did? Ian. Hey, bro, you made it look good. Man. I didn't put it in. I knew that. Ian, you just, you were, brother, you were anointed. You know that? You were anointed. <laughs> so I'm going to talk with you about the importance of anointing. Number one, what is anointing? What is that? You hear the word a lot, in particular in Pentecostal charismatic um, surroundings. You hear that term a lot, more so than, say, denominational uh, surroundings. Um, so what is anointing? What is the biblical aspect of being anointed? The biblical meaning for anointing is pretty cool. It means to smear Smear it on you. It means to cover you with oil. You're going to walk out and go, Dr. A just said, you know, anointing is when you're smearing yourself. Just smear it. How many of you guys smear too much cologne on you? Girls? The girls are going, eh. No, guy, brother, guy, pastor guy has an anointing. <laughs> he has a cologne for every day. They're lined up in a row like his little children. And every day I just give him a hug and I'm thinking, hmm, is this brute today? Is this, you know, what, what is this? But he has them all lined up. He's always anointed with something. Some guys put on too much cologne, some put on nothing. Some don't put nothing on and should. Amen, girls? Amen. <laughs> it means to cover with oil, and that, it's a, that's a, a Hebrew word that's meshik. Yeah, meshik, and it's, um, um, it means to simply cover the whole body. To be able to set apart for a divine use. Now, bear with me and stick with me here now. For a divine use, because there is something quite divine about you. Not that you are divine, but the anointing that's on you from the divine. To set apart for some kind of a divine use. A consecration for a holy, sacred use. And you might not see yourself as sacred, but, but by virtue of the blood of Jesus, you are. Because you represent him who is sacred. And the anointing is something a little larger than just the mundane. You have singers and you have mundane singers. You have uh, people who play instruments, and that's good, but then you have really good people who play. You have speakers, and then there's really good speakers. So there's, 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 there's the, that which you come away with and go, wow, that was good. Or pre <laughs> preachers. Uh, preachers. You, how many want to be a pastor? All right, we got a few. Come on, you don't have to be shy of it. Okay, you want to be a pastor. Uh, okay, I'm assuming you'll be married one day. They kind of go together. And you're going to do this. You're going to preach, 
You're going to be in your, you're going to be doing your sermon mode, and you're going to be sharing, and then you're going to go home to lunch with your family, and you're going to use the infamous words, the four words, how was my sermon? And you're waiting for approval, affirmation. Tell me that you love me. Tell me that the sermon was good. And my son used to irritate me, my oldest son. So that was the sermon. And I can always tell what's my wife because my wife went, oh, honey, it's just, it was so good. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Praise God. It was anointed. And she went, well, it, well, it was good. <laughs> then I'm looking, I'm going, was it, I mean, was it not really something? Well, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, have you heard? Well, I, I, I've heard it before, kind of, but you know, oh, that'll kill you. Honey, but I'm anointed of God. I mean, I gave the word of the Lord. Yeah, what's good? Well, amen. Praise God. And my son would always say, Dad, you know, there's better. <laughs> yeah, that's your first. Wait, wait till you have kids. They're lovely. <laughs> Come on, Dad. He just used to do it to irritate me. But there is anointing again. So if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to find that uh, you're, going to, uh, you're going to be anointed sometimes, and then you're going to feel like a wet dishcloth, you know? And sometimes God moves when you feel like a wet dishcloth just to let you know that he's in control and you're not. So David's anointing. There was an anointing on David. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 16. I believe we have it up there. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Look at this. There's the anointing of David. So Samuel took the horn of oil. And anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully, or the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. At that particular time, because of the anointing. I think we may even have a picture here of that. Do we have that? I think I sent it. There it is. That was taken. I believe that was, a, that was his anointing. They took the picture at that particular time. And, and I believe that's what it looked like. <laughs> and so... Um, he pours the oil on him, and when he does that, he anoints him, he covers him, he smears him with all of this oil, and from that day on, the Spirit of God was on him powerfully. I want you to hear that, because that's you. Oh, but you're talking David. I, I'm not, I'm using David, but I'm talking about you. God set David apart. He consecrated him. He dedicated him. Or he ordained him as they ordained pastors and ministers. He ordained David for a holy, powerful position to both, number one, to represent God and all that God was, and also move in the authority of God by virtue of the anointing. To represent God and to move in his anointing. Well, all I want to do is just serve the Lord and I'll maybe share with some people, but I just want to kind of get along and love the Lord and praise him and do some worship and stuff. That's not what God's just called you to. He's, he's anointed you for something great. Turn to somebody and say, he's anointed you for something great. Now say, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This is the truth. The anointing is a powerful, powerful thing. Jesus was anointed as well. And Jesus was anointed to proclaim 
the good news, and I want you to see something because there's something very similar is going on with David and Jesus and you. He's anointed to proclaim the good news. And it says in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, must be my glasses. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. It was a mighty thing. I mean, here, this is, this is Jesus' defining moment here, and this is also going to get him in a lot of trouble, because this is his coming out day as Messiah. He is quoting here the scripture that is defining the Messiah of God. He is serious. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, because it's also it's out of Isaiah 61, I believe, out of Isaiah 61. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. He has consecrated me. He has dedicated me. He has ordained me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover, recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Basically saying, I am he. This great anointing fell upon Jesus at this particular time. And there were people just amazed. I mean, they're looking at him going, you got to be kidding me. And the, 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 the Pharisees are looking like you're a, you're a heretic to even say such a thing. You don't belong alive. You should be dead. Which they tried to do from that point on. But there was an anointing that fell on him. And that anointing began to spill. It was consecration, a holy thing. And it was smeared all over him. And people couldn't take their eyes off of him. Whether they agreed or disagreed, even the Pharisees, uh, uh, Nicodemus, all the rest, they couldn't take their eyes off of him. Something's different about this man. Oh, yeah, he's a heretic, but I can't stop listening to him. I want you to get a beat on that because you represent this guy, Christ the Lord. And the anointing, as David had, and the anointing that Jesus had is yours for the proclaiming of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is a major part of the anointing. Don't be frightened of the Spirit. I remember when I first got saved. I remember when I first got saved. I mean, we, we didn't have any children. Woo, that's been a long time ago, honey. We were just married a month, maybe, in that apartment in Linthicum. And I remember, I was so full of Jesus. I'm telling you what, I would witness to anything on two legs. I would witness to mannequins. I wouldn't care what it was. If it had eyes, legs, and, and arms, I'd lay hold of it and witness to it. I was like a blind dog in a meat house. Oh, boy, I smelt it. I went after it. It was just like everywhere. And I remember it was late at night. Debbie was conked out. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I felt this, I felt this, oh, man, I felt this fire, this presence of God. And it was so real. I was so excited. I was so stoked that I got up out of the bed and I was walking down this little teeny hall. And I, I thought I was going to see the boogeyman or something. And I was just looking and walking down. And I was, I was both extremely excited and I was frightened. 
And I remember I got so frightened that the presence of God came over me and I got intimidated and I had to run back to the bedroom. <laughs> it was just so powerful. I thought I, thought I was going to die. I thought, I was, it was like, I don't want to go like this. I just got married. You know, I don't want to hang around for a while. But the presence was so, the anointing was in the air. And I mean, it was just, you could cut it. And it was almost like God was saying, Fred, I'm going to let you know something. I'm real. And I'm here. And you got me. And I got you. And I'm going to use you. The anointing is a powerful thing in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you another one. Samson. Judges chapter 4. I don't believe I have this. But Judges chapter 14, verses 5 and 6 says this. Samson was going um, down to Timnah, which is, uh, he was with his mom and his dad. And they're walking down to the vineyard there, and all of a sudden, this lion comes out. And the lion just leaps at him, and then Samson just rips the lion up with his bare hands. Now, girls, that's a guy you want to marry. (laughs) Just ripped him up. And it said this, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion to pieces. There was nothing that you have gone through or going through or will ever go through the rest of your life that in the spirit of the Lord, you won't be able to tear it apart and not be defined by it. God is able to do anything in your life in any situation. It doesn't make any difference what you're going through or what's happening to you. You can tear that thing, that stronghold down. Don't be frightened of it. Stand up against it. It's going to hit you. You know, you're young men and women. Not a whole lot has happened to you. You know, you got some stuff that's going on in your life, but it's not like, you know, 45, 50 years old here. And going, you know, well, we've done life. You're going to do life. You're going to have some unbelievably wonderful times. You're going to have some very trying times in your life. You must. But don't be intimidated. Because you're anointed. You're the anointed of God. And greater is he that's within you than he is that is going to try to tear you apart. Amen? He's a big God. He's not a small God. He's a big God. A very big God. We share the same anointing as Jesus, as Samson and, and David. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The same one. I know I spoke, uh, I think a couple, four or five weeks ago, I spoke about the same thing that that Jesus did, the same anointing we, we have. I may not have used the word anointing, but look at this. The Spirit of God lives in you. And that spirit of God that lives in you lived in Jesus. It lived in Samson. It lived in David. It lived in, it lived in mighty men and women of God. And it says he will give life to your mortal body by the same spirit that lives within you. It's, it's the enemy's job to de- deter you and discourage you and bewilder you and confuse you. And intimidate you. Forget about him. Forget about him. You need to be able to realize, you know what I am? 
I'm anointed of God. You don't have to be puffed up about it, but you need to be confident about it. I'm anointed of God. I'm not going to let you take over my life, my wife, my kids, the church, the calling that God has put on me. I will not let you do that because you have no authority over this person by virtue of the anointing that rests on me. Look, you share that same powerful anointing that the Father gave Jesus to be able to proclaim the gospel, the good news, freedom to the prisoners. And there are a lot of prisoners. And this could be literal prisoners. It could also be people just imprisoned in their mental health struggles or their shame or their, their past or their PTSD or, or their, their sorrow or their sadness or various things. Come to set them free, restore the sight of the blind. It could be people who really cannot see, or it could be people who are just blind to the things of God. Just look around, turn your television on. There's a lot of blind people out there doing a lot of crazy stuff. To set the oppressed free, I'm not going to ask you to just put your hands up, but if anybody's ever been depressed or anxious and depressed, you know that is not a good place to be. And if you've never been that, don't knock somebody who is. Because you don't, you've, never, you've not walked in their shoes. It could be genetic, it could be situational, whatever it is. But people are oppressed. And what relieves people is just stopping. Well, if you know the Lord, to be able to stop and go, you can't touch this. You just cannot do it. You know, we can pray, we can, we can believe, we can trust. But sometimes I find, Brother Dick, sometimes I just find that what I need to do is I just stop and I'll just worship God. When I'm, I'm, God, I need help. I need help. Oh, Lord, help me here. Help me here. But there are times I just put my phone on when I'm shaving in the morning. I just begin to praise God. Let's go, hallelujah. I'm thanking you, Lord, because there's nothing that cannot be done in me that uh, is so uh, that the enemy would try to take it away. Father, I'm praising you because you and you alone have the power to set free and release the oppression, even though the enemy says it's not going to happen. It's not, you're not going to get it. It's not going to be given to you. That's a lie. You just stop, begin to worship him. Thank him. And you're in the presence of God. Almighty God, and the more you worship and the more you become familiar with that, the more you become familiar, the more confident you become. Those songs we were singing today, the one we started out with, Charles Wesley, these guys had real adversity. You just stop and you bathe yourself in the anointing. You have to understand that we all are partakers of that same anointing that Jesus has given us, that gospel that has covered us, empowered us in the Holy Spirit. We have great things that can be given by God to us. There's a pouring out of the Holy Spirit on each and every one of your lives. No matter what you're going through, no matter what difficulty you've had. Some of you, some of you are wondering where, you're, where the money's going to come in to pay the bills for the school. Some are wondering, well, you know, uh, you know, it's... You know, I, I got problems at my home. I got problems with my wife, you know, my school. I don't get it as quick as other people do. You know, they get it. They don't even crack a book. They get a B. I study like crazy and I get like a D or a C. Hey, that's okay. You have other gifts. Not everybody's an academic. Not everybody's an academic. Thank goodness. You know, it's okay to not be an academic while well, I'm trying to be. Ah, forget about it. You want to be who you are. 
I wasn't an academic. Sure, I went, got the degrees, PhD, I studied, 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 got good grades, but it's not because I'm an academic. I am not. There's some people who are just academics. They, it comes easy to them. It's, it's a wonderful thing. But you need to be who you are and be comfortable with who you are and how God made you. He'll redo your thinking patterns. He'll redo a lot of stuff in your life. But be confident in the person, how he made you, and who you are in Christ Jesus. Love that person because God doesn't make trash. God doesn't do whoops on us. Whoops, I blew it on you. No, he didn't. He knows exactly what he did and why he did it. And some of the very people who they have given the least amount of confidence that they would ever do anything, I know in this place, ended up becoming the strongest leaders that we've had here at Elam throughout the years, men and women. Acts chapter 2, in verse 17, I don't have this here either. In the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit, that anointing. He's going to pour it out. He's going to smear you with it. And all people, and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, your men are going to see visions, and your old men are going to dream dreams because he's going to anoint you. The anointing of God connects us with the Holy Spirit to do extraordinary accomplishments for the kingdom of God. Why? Why? For the purpose of showcasing Christ and the redemptive message that he has for people. That's the reason we're here. Well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Who cares? Whether you're called to go in business, whether you're called to be a social worker, whether you're called to do education, whether you're called to do rocket science, I don't care what it is, you are called to live the life of Christ and you have an anointing on you that people would hear that gospel in the way that God has created you that many sons and daughters may come to glory. It's the anointing of God. Uh, Just got a couple quick minutes here. Uh, There's a name, Bob Mumford. He's a... Man of God, he's here, uh, uh, he was here at Elam. He was a professor here. He was a world-renowned speaker. If you look him up, Bob Mumford, you'll see. He was one of the greatest, most sought-out speakers in all of the charismatic and Jesus people movement. He came right from here. He remembers going to a Catherine Coleman meeting. Have you ever historically ever heard that name, Catherine Coleman? This is interesting, isn't it? I know we have over here. See, uh, Catherine Coleman, Catherine. So Catherine Coleman was a, a, a faith healer. She was a great woman of God. She's a little unorthodox in the way she did her things, but, but she was a great woman of God. And uh, she was at a meeting in, in Pittsburgh, and Bob Mumford's book just came out, and, and he thought he was something. Oh, man, this is great. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he was, she was going to announce his book. And so he was there that day, and and she said, brother, oh, something was happening. The Spirit of God was moving. And she said, brother Bob, come on up here. And it's, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people here in that, in that particular auditorium. Come up. And, and Bob remembered he was walking up to the steps, and he started to jitter. And he, he was losing his equilibrium. And boom, he went down in the Spirit. He said, quite embarrassingly, I went down in the Spirit. He couldn't get up. He was like stuck there with super glue. And, the whole, and she just went on and did her Catherine Coleman thing. And she was going on and on and on. And Bob was just sitting there just, he can't, he can't get up. And he never did get up until the end of the service. And she, she never did talk about his book. And here's the word she said as he was, he was going, he was trying to climb the steps and he was going. And this is what she said. It's the anointing, Brother Bob. <laughs> it's the anointing. And she just was waving her hand at him. And boom, down he went. That's humbling. <laughs> Sold a bunch of books, though. <laughs> That's humbling. 
had a clear pouring out anointing on him, which pronounced Yahweh in a very large and forgiving and hope-filled and powerful way. David's anointing, his poured out anointing, it poured out as he defeated Goliath. It poured out as he slew all the Philistines and the armies that were against the nation of Israel. It poured out as he unified all the tribes of Israel. It poured out as he uh, was anointed king of Israel by virtue of all the elders. Poured out as he established Jerusalem as the most number one single point of worship as he brought the Ark of the Covenant in to the city of Jerusalem. And it was on him as he manifested his deep, very passionate relationship with Jesus Christ through worship and otherwise. His actions were not ordinary. They were, they were set apart. They were divine. They were holy. They were sacred. So I want to share this with you. I want to move on a little bit. I want to share something with you. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. You ever heard that term? It's the anointing. The anointing breaks the principalities of darkness. You serve Jesus, he's light. The devil's trying to smack you in the face too. He's doing everything he can to thwart you from being productive in God. The anointing breaks the yoke. The yoke that lays on the ox, it is so difficult. He breaks that thing in your life. You're created and you're saved and you're set apart to be able to stand out and break the yoke in your life and others as well. Take authority of it. You're not just here for no reason. And you didn't come to Christ. I don't know what your theology is, but you didn't come to Christ on your own merits. God had plans for you. He knew all about you before your mother's 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 mother was born. He saw you. And he knew you were going to live this day for this hour to do exploits for God. Never, never, never confuse talent with anointing. I'm going to play something for you here. Never confuse talent with anointing. I'm going to play for you first uh, Allegro by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Anybody heard of him? I'm going to play a little something by Mozart. And then after that, immediately after that, they're going to play Messiah by George Frederick Handel. Never confuse talent for anointing. Let's start out with uh, Mozart. We'll move right to Handel.
not quite a headbanger, but popular in their day. Listen to me. They said that every time Mozart played Allegra, it excited the listeners. Their eyes bulged, and they were excited at the end of their seats. But with Handel's Messiah, he made them cry. One was anointed, Handel, one was talented, Mozart. There's a difference between talent and anointing. You can be talented, but not anointed. Shoot for the anointing. Listen, as I close, never forget this. It's one thing to be talented, but it's another thing to be anointed. It's one thing to be smart. It's another thing to be smart and anointed. It's one thing to be gifted, and there's a lot of gifts here. Some people like to brag on their gifts. A lot of people don't. What's one? There's a lot of gifted people. Choose to be anointed in your gifting. It's one thing to be charming. Some people like to personify their charm. Aren't I charming? I'm just so charming. You're charming if you don't know it. If you know it, you're a narcissist. <laughs> Use your charm to influence for the gospel. I believe Paul could do that. He could also be in your face as well. It's one thing to be a good communicator. There's a lot of good communicators, a lot of preachers, there's a lot of people. It's another thing to be an anointed communicator. And you don't have to have it all right. Well, I don't speak like him, and I don't articulate like him, and I just don't have it. It doesn't make any difference. I've seen people preach that are nothing like these big people that have got all this stuff going. It's if you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you could spit on the floor and somebody will come to Christ. If you've got the anointing and you have that kind of passion. It's one thing to be a leader. It's another thing to be an anointed leader, a compassionate leader. Stand if you would. A caring leader, a Jesus leader. Young men and women, God wants you ladies too, to be anointed. Women of God, right? Women of God. Men of God, small people, little people. My wife's starting a brand new movement. <laughs> LPM. She's starting it. Little people matter. <laughs> she can't, she tries to get petite clothes and they say, We don't have any. We got this and that and the other. That's not right. Little people matter. <laughs> How many want the anointing of God? Raise your hand. Amen. I want to pray for you. Raise your hand real high. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, each one of these young men and women have said to you, they want the anointing of God for the purpose of sharing the gospel through the power of your Holy Spirit in the anointing that you have given Christ, you have given David, you've given Samson, you've given Paul, you've given Ruth, and multiple, multiple others. God, do not disappoint them. Let it fall on them. Something is happening in this campus. Something's going on on this campus. There's a Holy Spirit movement with some, and it's contagious. Listen to me. Thus saith the Lord, if you will reach out right now and trust me and go beyond your norm, enter into my anointing, long for my anointing, want my anointing, 
seek after my anointing, I will set you on fire. And your life will never, never, never be the same again. Seek it, long for it, ingest it, take it in, drink it, eat it. I am here in this place. And I long to allow you to see my glory like you've never seen it before. Allow me, ask me, believe me for the anointing, and I will give it to you. Father, in Jesus' name, do this, we pray, as we look to you to do great and wondrous things. Listen, um, um, Wesley, the young man, I think you've heard me say this, the young man has said that, John Wesley, Wesley, every time you preach, people get saved. What is the key? What is the key? What is the key? Remember what he said? Wesley turned to the young man and said, set yourself on fire and everyone will see you burn. That's the anointing. God bless you.